All right, welcome back to another hour of the Unapologetic Hour. I'm your host, Vaughn McGee. Yes, Vaughn is back this week. Yes. Been gone for two weeks now. Hey, the woman held it down. If y'all ain't heard that segment, go back on the podcast. They killed it. I think it's our number one download so far. Yeah, so far. number one so far. Yeah. But the fatherhood one was number one. Now we're killing the men, so. Yeah, we're going to have to, uh, have to uh, <laughs> so come back and get y'all. Check it out. Check out the replay on our podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Google Play Store. You can download our podcast there as well. Uh, that episode is about women in ministry and the impact on their mental health. Yeah. So very, very in-depth and informative conversation. Um, but we had a lot of fun too, and and people just real. I mean, it's just time to deal with some stuff. Yeah, I think we got some new followers in a couple of new countries. So I think we're in eleven countries now, yeah, somewhere around yeah. there. So God is really spreading the word, and thank you guys for all the support, week in and week out, all the messages, inboxes, text messages. We really appreciate it. So give us some topic ideas, and as we continue to seek the Lord, we hope that we can give you some content that uh, you know brighten up your week on Monday. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, today is going to be one of my favorite of the ones that we've been doing so far. Yes. 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 I got a really good uh, special brother, good friend of mine. I met him at Center of Praise. And, you know, there's some people that are just genuine, that you know, love the Lord. And what I like about him is that not only is he a pastor, he preaches in the church, but on Saturdays, he's out with his ministry feeding homeless. What you see on Sunday is what you see in the communities, what you see at home. Very genuine, flows in the spirit, very um very honest so when i met him it's just one of those people that makes you want to make sure you're accountable to your own life and make sure you own your p's and q's and very motivating and inspiring so it's only right that i have him on um the radio station as well as a special guest for our psalms and coffee that will be august 20th at five o'clock don't if you're in the sacramento area please come out this brother's going to be closing us out with psalms 149 we're going to sit with a panel and god's going to definitely have his way oh, and yeah. be blessed um, but yeah, I'm gonna let him introduce himself and then we'll get into our discussion. Perfect. And thank you. Thank you. That was a, a great introduction. I pre I don't know who y'all was talking about, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I truly do appreciate it. I'm honored to be here. Uh, Dennis Armstrong here. Um, I go to center of praise, uh, serve as one of the pastors there and also out at a church in the community. Uh, we do work, uh, fellowship every Saturday morning with the unhoused community out at Cesar Chavez park. Um, every Saturday at 9 a.m. And it's been an amazing blessing and um, just excited to be here. Uh, really excited to see what God is doing, uh, to hear what God is already doing in this ministry that you all have. And I'm uh, just excited to be a part of it. Thank you, brother. And we're going to put your uh, tags and stuff in the description so people can um, follow you and then also send donations. He is out on the weekends giving to the homeless, giving to the needy. So if you can't uh, give idols, but please donate financially. He is a man of integrity. What you give will go into the community. So we want to be able to be a, a resource for him and his ministry because um, what he's doing is just awesome. So, you know, just thinking about today and just thinking about where we are and all this stuff in the world is going on. And we're eight months into the year. It seems like yesterday we was in January. Mm -hmm. And so I think before we get to the end of the year, sometimes what God has promised us has not manifested yet. But how do we keep that faith as if we first heard the promise? Because, you know, when you first get prophesied to or God tell you you're going to do something, you be on fire. <laughs> but then as the time goes and God, you told me in January I was going to do this. Now we're in August and it don't look like what you told me. How do we keep the faith to with the same vigor until the until the promise manifests? Man, that's a whew, that's a relevant question. That's an day <laughs> question right there. Yeah. Yes. It really is. And, you know, um, not to start theologically, but I will, um, <laughs> you know, this, if I think back, I actually just um, got the opportunity to, to speak on second Peter, mm -hmm. second Peter, it's chapter three. And what Peter is writing to the church is so relevant because he's saying, you guys were literally there when Jesus said he was going to come back. Like yeah. he told y'all he was going to come back. He said he was coming quickly. He was saying, just wait for me. Right. And of course, days, weeks, months, years go by. And at that point, the naysayers started telling, started trying to sow seeds of doubt that yeah. he was coming back, right? Yeah. And so Peter was just reminding them, like, keep the faith, keep doing what you're doing. Hey, if, you, if you're waiting on Jesus to come back while you're waiting, you need to be spreading his name because once yeah. you're back, it's a wrap for those who don't believe in him. So yeah. 
he even says that God is being patient with us while we do what we're supposed to be Come doing. On. He's not being Come patient on. in the world. He's being patient on us as believers to do what we're supposed to do while we wait. And that's, yeah. that's, that's what, that's what really stays in my heart. It's like, okay, God, if I'm what, cause you told me I was going to have a spouse, I'm 36 years old and I'm still single as heck. Right. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> I could start tripping and start taking things into my own hands. I've yeah. met people that I was like, oh, this is, this is not the will of God for sure. This is, <laughs> this is <laughs> And so, um, and so anyways, you know, what God really has been hitting me with is like, just like with the believers back then, God was saying, wait, while you're waiting, do something. Yeah. Same thing here. If I'm, while I'm waiting on a spouse, Hey, get my, get my insecurities together, you know, Mm -hmm. my integrity together, get my emotional situation together. Like let God work on me while I'm waiting. So that when the promise that will inevitably manifest, because we know that anything, everything he says comes to pass, that we'll be ready. You know what I mean? Just like when Jesus comes back, we want to see that sky crack open and we want to not like oh shoot <laughs> let me <Yeah. laughs> let me let me get right real quick wait lord wait lord hey babe where was that oil at come over right. <laughs> but forgive me of all my sins i probably won't do it again <laughs> and so it's the same thing you know when you know for me personally just being real if you know when that promise of a spouse or whatever may come comes i want to be like man i got everything out of my single season that i was supposed to get you know, yeah. I was de- I was fully developed in this single season to thrive in the promises of God rather than kind of dragging my feet into those promises. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And what I and what I like about that is is um, it's not a weight doing nothing. It's a weight to serve and getting yourself ready for the for the promise. You know, like we're not waiting just like you said, have happenstance, like we're getting our heart ready until the man- the promise manifests. We're doing what we need to do on our end. So that when the man, when the promise come, we're already ready. So it's almost as if like you have to act like the promises. You have to believe like you're already in the promise before the promise. Come you're speaking, you're speaking right now because so, um, I believe that even right now there are um, certain relationships as a single person. I believe this probably applies to most single people that you have certain relationships with people of the opposite sex, that there's nothing wrong with them at all. But you know, good and well, if you were married, your wife wouldn't be having that, whether it be yeah. the extra smiley face on the end of a text or that, you know, that hug or whatever it may be. And, you know, there's still things to this day that I know, like, God, I don't want to have to wait until my wife comes into my life That's to it. have these conversations with these people. That's it. Them now. So that I don't have to worry about nothing when that promise comes, when she comes into my life or when I find her, whatever it may be, that I'll be ready. Just like, you know, thank you, God, how John the Baptist paved the way for Christ. I'm trying to pave the way of all the foolishness so that when that promise does come, I'm going to be ready. Yeah. 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 That's good. I mean, I think that's an important um, strategy that works is the preparation right like being prepared to receive the promise like everybody prays like I, just now i mean just what last week the, the lottery was at like a billion dollars <laughs> and all the saints was like lord just let me <laughs> let me win this billion dollars right and we all laugh and have a good time about it but the reality is is how many people would would be ready to receive the billion dollars and manage it and steward it properly right so it's the same thing in our spiritual walk with christ we we got we want the promise. I pro- God, I promise you, we want everything you have for us. But God knows us, and He knows where we are, and He knows when we're ready and when we're not ready yet. And so, you know, why would He? It, I think I think God would even do Himself a disservice if He manifested something knowing, you know, He because He already knows, right? So then, why would why would He then give us something? And, and, and do that to us because it, it's going to hurt us more than anything, right? Because we'll position ourselves incorrectly mm-hmm. and think that, you know, well, this is what God said. This is what I was promised. This is what it is. When really it's so much greater than that. You just, you just can't see it or you just weren't ready or you just need a little more work on this side, you know? So I think that preparation strategy beforehand, it's like you're, you're being proactive, not reactive. Man, that's a that's a word being proactive with the promises of God. Like that, mm-hmm. that is good because mm-hmm. you know, if you're not, 
then that promise is going to come and it's going to be it's going to be just like everything else. You're going to you're going to get like, for instance, speaking for myself, I'm going to get this wife and it's going to be cool for the honeymoon, of course. Yeah. Right? And then the minute that goes away now, I'm like, God, why'd you send me this girl who got all yeah. this? It's like, well, bro, if you would have took care of your little insecurities, then you would be able to help her with hers. Yeah. You're acting like I made the mistake by sending you this. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Because, you know, the promises of God that we have, we have to be able to not only be able to handle it when the promise comes, but thereafter, mm-hmm. like years to come. Like when we look at Noah, he builds something for something that he's never understood a concept of rain. He never, it never rained from the sky. God will always, uh, he did it uh, like a global warming effect. He warmed the earth, like humidity, right? So he's building something for something that he's never seen before, but he gets through the process and he builds the ark. God sends the rain and it rains for 40 days, Mm -hmm. but he stays on the ark for one year. It only rained, the promise only rained for 40 days, but what he had to build had to keep him on for a year after the promise. And so if we're not doing our due diligence and we just, it's only good enough to get to the promise, but what happens after the promise? Mm-hmm. What yeah. happens to the effects of after, you know? And like you said, we can pray for a wife and we want them perfect, but we are humans. Do I have the heart to love what I'm going to get into that goes beyond the superficial that I can handle her insecurities and she can handle mine? That, that goes beyond the marriage. That goes beyond the honeymoon. That goes beyond the kids. Because sometimes marriages have kids and they make their marriage about the kids. And then when the kids get grown, they don't like each other no more. They don't, they lost who they were. So we have to make sure that we are who we are when we get the promise, but we're also ready to maintain it well after the promise comes. Man, that's so good, man, because we see this with the Israelites. When yeah. Out of Egypt, thinking that. Mm-hmm. They got into the promised land. The promise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That, that's so good. And I appreciate what you're bringing up Noah because, like you said, Noah wasn't even, he didn't even really know. Like, I'm, yeah, God said, hey, a flood's going to come. But Noah's like, I have no idea what a flood is. I have no idea what rain is. But what I do know is what God said. So I'm going to go yeah. ahead. Oh, he wasn't worried about what the promise was going to look like or anything like that because sometimes we can be obedient to a promise rather than to obedient to God. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that that's such a good reminder. Is like we got to be obedient because we got to be obedient to what he says to us through his word, not what he promises. Because then what he promises will become an idol, and we yeah. are God feels about, about uh, idols. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you know, can you imagine how dumb Noah probably looked building? Because they had <laughs> boats back then, but like you building this big old ark, bro, and you keep telling people it's going to rain. Mm-hmm. And they're like, rain, like you're making <laughs> like you're making up something. Like that ain't never happened before. Oh, so water is just gonna magically fall from the sky. Come on, like, has it ever happened in your lifetime? But he just keeps building mm-hmm. and he keeps building for something that he's never seen. And so sometimes the the obeying God will make you look foolish before men. Mm-hmm. And the world doesn't understand why we abstain from sex before marriage or the world don't understand why I give 10% of my income right. to the Lord the, or why I give more than 10% or why the Lord might say, Vaughn, go, go give such and such money to the world doesn't understand. It's foolish right. to the, to the world, but yeah. to God is obedient. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. He says that was it in Corinthians. I forget where it says it, but he says that uh, the foolishness of God is wiser than the yeah. wisdom. Like it's, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And so we have to make a decision. Are we going to uh, obey God at the risk of looking foolish to man? Or are we going to please man at the risk of disobeying God? Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is just back to, you know, speaking of the faith aspect of it. A lot of a lot of us struggle with that. um either being proactive or even being reactive after the fact. But a lot of us do struggle in that waiting period of the promise because we just can't see it. Mm-hmm. We just, we just really can't see it. We can't, you know, somebody could even, you could have even somebody speak over your life and tell you, you know, God is going to do this, this, and this. And, 
And you walk away from that conversation excited, but in reality, you go home like that ain't gonna happen for me. I I can't, I can't, I can't do that. Like, why would that be me? You know? And so even just from the faith aspect of it, you know, uh, we had a Bible study on Tuesday night about faith. And one thing that came out is that this walk with Christ, like these principles that we're talking about the life application of it has to be daily. We have to apply these things daily. The, the proactiveness to be prepared, the, the faith in Christ, the belief in Christ, the leading of Christ, like all these things, we have to do these things habitually because the moment we don't, the moment we doubt, that opens the door even wider for the enemy to just come in and distort everything that God has said and then you'll never believe the promise will be manifested in your life. You'll never, you'll, you'll get so far, so far away, you know, just like the Israelites you were talking about, you know, the, the messenger came the, you know, Moses is there. He finally accepts the fact that he's the representative, you know, that God's going to use. And then the people are like, stop, why don't you stop going to Pharaoh? Cause you're making it harder. <laughs> like, like stop speaking for us. We don't even want this at this point. You know what I mean? Like get out of our way because we was cool being slaves. Like we was, we were perfectly fine, fine. But you have people even today's time that are perfectly fine in their bondage. They're perfectly fine. So don't come at me with God said this and that because they don't, they, they can't see past where they are. They just can't see it. Yeah. You know, and we know that our faith is about what we can't see. So then it really speaks to where are you in your your faith? Where's your faith? You know, where's your faith in Christ in any situation? That's so good. And, I, you know, you almost get uh, you almost get to a place where you're appreciative of him withholding the sight because it says we walk by faith. Mm -hmm. and Right. And so, you know, if he dangled a wife in front of me, right, then again, I'd be like a horse after the carrot. I'd be going after yeah. a wife after the promise of God or the word of God. And yeah. when he withholds things, it's, it's, I'm so appreciative of that because it's like, okay, this is a faith walk. This ain't a sign. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah mm -hmm. that, that's mm -hmm. And you know, I think it, it goes to where <clears throat> we have to feed ourselves. Like you said, the word of God, because God deals with absolutes. He deals with light and darkness. Either you're in the light or you're in the dark. He deals with spirit and flesh. Either you're, Either you're walking after the spirit or you're walking after the flesh. And in Revelation, he says, I don't even like people who are lukewarm. I'd rather you be cold. You're neither hot nor cold. And so I try to approach everything in life now. Like if I'm if I'm listening to something, is this feeding my spirit or is this feeding my flesh? Because if I really want to go after the things of the Lord and I really want to keep the faith and the momentum, I have to watch what I'm digesting. What am I putting in my spirit? If I'm feeding my flesh, flesh produce death and doubt. If I'm feeding my spirit, it produces life and faith. So if we're wavering on our faith, we have to put more God. We have to really go after God. Like I'm talking about listening to gospel music. I'm talking about listening to sermons and go to church, be faithful to Bible study, tithe. Like you got to feed the things of the Lord so that your faith level doesn't deplete. I, for my own life, I realized the times that I'm low on faith is when I'm walking after the flesh. Mm -hmm. Is when I'm walking after my own strength. Yeah. So yeah, Vaughn, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm like, if I'm looking at my own abilities, then yeah, I'm like, man, I don't know how this is gonna happen. Like, I, you know, I'm tired, I'm working, I'm doing this, I can't. But the minute I start feeding my spirit, faith kicks in. And it says, you know what, not by my power, but it's by his power. Not by my might, but it's his might, you know? So we have to begin to feed daily our spirit so that we can maintain the faith that is needed for this journey. Mm -hmm. That's fact, because I, yeah, I used to coach a, uh, coach about some, my two sisters, they're 14 and 16 now, I'm 36. And so back, this was maybe like seven years ago, I was coaching them in, in basketball. And, you know, bless their hearts, these little girls, these, you know, this team was, they, they were just beginning in basketball. We'll just put it that way. And so we had one practice week and then a game. That was it. That's all we had on the schedule. And so you could tell the kids who only did basketball during the practice and mm -hmm. the, because they weren't that good come game time. Right. And so it was imperative. Then I would tell the, the, the parents like, look, 
I'm not with y'all all the time. Like you're going to need to have your kids dribbling a basketball, passing back and forth with you doing something throughout the week. Because if you just wait for this one little practice in the game, it's going to show. And yeah. It's the same thing with us. Like you said, Brother Vaughn, it's that, you know, during the week, you have to be in your word. You have to be, you know, um, uh, listening to worship music. You can't just do Sunday at 10 a.m. <laughs> and then expect to be performing in your faith walk. Like you're going to yeah. you have yeah. to be in practice every single day. Yeah. And that, that's our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the life application part that often goes like down somewhere else in the teachings and things like that. You know, we go to, we go to, we listen to different teachings and Bible teachings and discipleship classes and new membership classes. And we do all these things, but really encouraging people that the Bible that we're teaching you, or these, these tools and tips that we're giving you, this is for life. Like you said, this is for life. This is life application. You, you can't go a day without it. I mean, it's like water, right? You need it. Otherwise, you're going to have problems inside of your body. You're going to have headaches and all kind of you might pass out. You know, you might really uh, put your yourself at a higher risk if you don't have the proper nutrients and things just to live daily. Think about when you're putting yourself at a high risk spiritually because you're not doing what you need to do to support a healthy spiritual lifestyle. And part of supporting a healthy spiritual lifestyle or having one is that life application. You have to apply these tools and these principles. And now more than ever, we have them in any any way we need it, you know, any format we can put our, uh, listen to podcasts, we can, you know, put our earbuds on and work out to uh, whatever we work out to, you know, we can have this ongoing, we can, we can have time for prayer. I tell people all the time, it's 24 hours in a day. There's no reason why you can't find any time to pray or to just sit and hear from God or to just read a scripture, you know, something, but you got to do something daily. You have to, you have, I mean, you have to, I've just been on some, uh, so, you know, we tithe 10 for at least 10%. Um, I've been doing that with my time. So, you know, there's 24 hours in a day. So 10% of that, I just rounded it to two and a half hours. So my first two and a half hours of my day, I don't do any, I don't let anything worldly into my, into my system. I, I stick to the, to the gospel, to gospel music or reading, praying, all of that stuff. Yeah, that's um, good. Because I, I need, I need, this isn't about being mm-hmm. Christian, Christian. This is about, I know what's going to happen in my, in my staff meeting at 9am. Yeah. If I'm not mm-hmm. in my 7am, I already yeah. know how Dennis is going to be. And I can't afford that because I'm yeah. trying good testimony throughout the week. And so that that's really good. We have to constantly be on that life application. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do you, why do you think it's so hard for um, believers to read their work? You know, cause there's a stat out there that most Christians don't read the Bible. Yeah. And we're in a day and age where the Bible is the most accessible. Like they have audio Bibles now that can just read it to you while you're driving to work or whatever the case may be. But why do you think it's so hard for us to really get into God's word consistently? Like we're good. If we say we're going to fast, we'll dedicate time to the Lord on the fast. But as soon as that Daniel fast over, <laughs> soon, soon as that fast is over, you know, we right back to normal routine. Like how do we, for one, why do you think it's so hard? And for two, how do we incorporate it daily into our, into our life? Right, right. So, I mean, the the short of it, I would say it's definitely spiritual, Um, you know, and I don't want to over I don't want to overlook that. It's because the Bible is the sword of the spirit. The word of God is the spirit. And the enemy is like, hey, okay, brother, you know, brother Dennis, you're going to, you know, go serve the homeless. Cool. Do your thing. Hey, you're going to go to church. Oh, cool. Do your thing. Listen to a sermon even. Cool. Do your thing. But when you get in that unadulterated word, Mm -hmm. that water that springs up to eternal life that you know that sword of the spirit that's when the enemy is like bro okay i can't handle this dude no more and so he'll do anything to keep i mean when i'm tripping and i'm in my flesh there'll be times when i know i'm supposed to read my bible and i'll literally watch like segments of sports shows from like 2012 you know how you get on your little yeah. <laughs> or you know it it's like bro i know i'm supposed to be in my word what am yeah. i up you know the the 06 finals for like yeah. <laughs> because the enemy is doing anything that he can to keep me out of my word man and it's because we're powerful when we're in the yeah. word you know the um uh the bible says that um like when G- i don't know if you remember when jesus transfigured himself right yeah 
front of his three apostles. And uh, that same word transfigured is only used one other time. And it's in Romans when he says to don't be, uh, don't conform to this world, but be transformed or transfigured. It's the uh-huh. same word in the Greek by the renewing of your mind. So the same way Jesus was a human and then he transfigured himself into that bright glowing, you know, uh, being is the same thing that we do when we read our Bible that we transfigure or transform into a different being and knows that. That's why he's like, hey, anything, let, let, keep throwing whatever you got to throw at this brother because anything he can do to keep him out the word is what he wants to do with us. Wow. That's, that's heavy. Mm -hmm. That's heavy because I can sing worship all day long and God loves worship and I can do all these other things, but it's in the word of God that, like you said, I'm transformed into that. And sometimes we get so busy in doing the work of the Lord that we, that we don't make time to get to know the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the only way to get to know the Lord is in the Bible. So I can go worship and snot and cry and that's good. And that's my uh, adoration to him. But if I'm going to really truly know him, I have to get in that word. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. to get in that word. I tell people all the time, like a relationship with God is the best relationship you'll ever have in your life, like ever. And so just as much effort as you put into having a relationship with people and family and friends and spouses and girlfriends and boyfriends, all this kind of stuff, the relationship with God is something that's above and beyond all that. And so you have to really, it, like any relationship, you have to communicate. You have to get to know who God is. You have to this has to be a part of the relationship that you're building. Otherwise, you're not going to know him. You won't know his ways, his characteristics. You won't know anything about him. But it's time for us to take our first break. Uh, We will be right back. I hope you guys are enjoying this first half. All right, we are back, y'all. We hope you guys are enjoying this conversation with Pastor Armstrong Yes, um, that we're having about faith and just being proactive in our relationship with Christ, being ready to receive the promise and all this good stuff. We left off talking about transformation and and um, and different things. And you said something, and it was something that we talked touched on last week in our discussion. Um, but I thought it was important to to bring it up and and hear your perspective on it. But one of the things that um, the doctor spoke last week was that the church has um, spent so much time teaching people about transitioning, but not transforming. Mm. And so you have Mm. a body of Christ that has not been transformed, Mm. right? But they've been transitioned. And, you know, when you transition, you're just going from spot to spot to spot to spot. That's it. You're like the Israelites. You're like a nomad. You're just, you're, you're, you're just all over the place. And we know what the Bible says about people being all over the place. But what is your take on that? Being the difference between transforming and transitioning. So you said that was on last week's? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to have to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> that he, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wholeheartedly, you know, because we transition. Because, you know, because with our lives, our lives, our lives of seasons. We know that mm-hmm. in Ecclesiastes chapter three, I think it is, where there's mm-hmm. a this and season for that so we have nothing but seasons in our lives so we're transitioning from this season we're consistently transitioning um whether it be you know physically or in job relationship spirit whatever it may be we're consistently transitioning but are we ever transforming man that is so good and you know like like brother bond what you said with that statistic statistic is that we're not yeah we're formed by one way yeah Mm -hmm. Romans chapter 12 by the renewing of our minds. And so we're not, and if we're not transforming, then we're not being a good testimony of the power of God. Yeah, that's right. And we're not even in truth. Thank you, God. And truly we're not even being a good testimony to our, we're not even being good witnesses to ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, Because there's a part of us that think, man, I've given my life to God. Why am I still struggling with this? Why am I still dealing with that? And we're like, God, right. when are you going to do this? Bro, you got the transit, you got the transformation right there in that word, but it's not yeah. safe until your next fast. Yeah. If we really started reading this word, like in addition to because it's number one about knowing our our Lord and Savior. But in addition to that, I'm gonna be transformed. You're telling me if I read this word, I'm gonna think different, I'm gonna speak different, I'm gonna talk. I, if you started really having that in your mind, then you have no, it would only make logical sense to be in your word. But we're yeah. 
we're so of the thought that it's just something that God wants us to do just to check off a box. And it's hard. It's like, it's, it's crazy. But mm -hmm. so, so all that to say, yeah, as a body, and I'll be the first to admit like myself, there's areas of my life where I don't think I'm as transformed as I need to be because I haven't been specific in my word enough. Yeah, same here. And you know, when I think about, I think what has happened is, and I'm going to be a little, not controversial, but bold <laughs> about this. The thing is, what I, what I see is that, for instance, when a person gets saved or a new member comes to church, we put them to work somewhere. Mm -hmm. But very rarely does somebody get saved and they learn discipleship. Like they learn what it is that they're coming into. Like Paul on his way to Damascus, he has a transformation that happens. But in Galatians, he talks about how he went to Arabia for a period of time to study and spend time to learn what has just transformed him. And then he comes back to Jerusalem and starts preaching. And then he becomes the Paul that we all know today. So what has to happen is that when God saves me and God gets him and Jesus gets in my heart, I have to now begin to learn about the savior mm -hmm. that came into my heart. And the only way to learn about God is through the word. And so it must, after salvation must come discipleship mm -hmm. because if you don't have discipleship after salvation, you then will stay in transition and just say, well, I'm an usher today. I'm a deacon. That's my relationship with the Lord or you know, Bishop Bishop Lovelace spoke about powerful word. I'm just going to hold on to that. And that's great. I love how he preaches, but I should take his word and then go into the Bible and then combine God's word with my pastor's word. And then I can see the fruit begin to take, take place. So discipleship must be a part of everybody's walk. Because if not, we will be preaching a Jesus and a God that we don't even know personally. Come on. That's so it will always be what we heard he did for somebody else. <laughs> It will always be, well, I, I saw God bless this person, but what did God do for you? Like, it should be such a transformation on the inside that comes from a relationship that we put time in mm -hmm. daily, you know? Mm -hmm. That's that's so good, man, because like you said, you get you get up in the church and, you know, praise God that day of salvation, and then immediately you get hit up with uh, different ministries where you want to yeah. serve. <laughs> and now, praise God, you got to serve. But, you got to serve. But... Like you said, then you start transitioning. It's like, okay, now I'm on the, I was on the usher board. Now I'm, I'm a pastoral aide. Then I might mess around and give a word. And before yeah. you know it, you didn't transition through different areas of the church, but that's not discipleship. That's, mm -hmm. that's yeah. discipleship is like Jesus said, teaching them to obey my commands, yes. teaching them to obey my commands. Right. And that when I give sermons, man, they always ask me for a title and I hate, I don't like giving titles because <laughs> Literally every title of my message, if it were up to me, would be read your Bible, yeah. read Bible volume one, volume yeah. two, volume three, because that's all I'm trying to get you to do as a preacher is to read your Bible. That's yeah. what I, do. I don't want you to even try to remember what I said. Mm -hmm. Read your Bible. Don't take this and think that you got filled up for a sustained period of time. My little word that I give you on Sunday is, you know, chi is Panda Express. It's going to yeah. make you feel good for a quick minute, but by the time you get home, you're gonna need something else to sustain yeah. you. And mm -hmm. so the only thing that really sustains you is that word of God. And and man, we can call ourselves, thank you, man, because we can call ourselves discipling people, but we're really bringing servants through the church and yeah. not needed. But if we took six months and said, look, before you can serve, not that you can't physically, but I really wanna spend as much effort as discipling you and filling you up with the yeah. way Go so that when you are serving, you know who you're serving and you can tell yeah. about the person you're serving. And then you mm -hmm. won't quit because your feelings get hurt because yeah. you've been disciple, or you won't go church hop because so and so mm -hmm. treated you bad. Because when you make disciples, they in it for the long haul. Yeah. Like I, I, I love COP and I love the ministry, but I'm there because God sent me there mm -hmm. and I have a relationship with the mm -hmm. Lord. So God forbid if somebody hurts my feelings there, it's okay. I haven't made you my God. Mm -hmm. you're just a brother or a sister who I have an art with. And then the Bible says, if I have an art because I'm a disciple, I can now come to you. But if I'm not a disciple, the minute you hear my, I see it's just a church and church and you know, church, all churches are the same. And you, you say you were Christian and you just, mm -hmm. when you're not disciple, you can always tell somebody who's not disciple. Yep. You can always tell by the fruit of a person mm -hmm. who's not disciple. I mean, the, the, the 12 apostles disciples was with Jesus three and a half years. 
and they still couldn't get around. <laughs> they slept in the same places as him. God, Jesus fed him and all this stuff. And when he he even told him, hey, they're going to kill me, but I'm going to resurrect. It's going to be all good. But when the rubber met the road, Andrew and Peter went back fishing. You couldn't find John. <laughs> we don't know where Matthew was. Like, James was chilling with his mama somewhere. <laughs> You know, so then we think, and they had they was walking with Jesus every day. So you think that I could just read my Bible once a month, right? And be good, like man, no. it does not work. It don't work though. <laughs> it got so bad. Jesus, Jesus rose from the dead, came back, and they didn't even recognize him. And he's like, "Look, look at my scars. It's me, bro. Like I told you, <laughs> it's only been three days. It's been three days." <laughs> And then when he going back to heaven, he's sitting there like, go, like, go do this. And he's extending the angels to come down and say, why y'all still looking up in the sky? Yeah. The same way he just ascended, he's going to come, like, go. Because you have to be in this thing every single day to be able to go to the next place in your life and really be a disciple. Discipleship just keeps you grounded and rooted in him, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's a constant, it's a constant thing. It's a yeah. constant thing. That's the truth because, you know, that's what the enemy does, perverts and twists what God says to us. So when we saw that in Genesis chapter three, right, with, with Eve, he goes, did God really say that? Yeah. You know what I mean? so, and it'd been a minute maybe since Eve talked to God, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Well, I don't know now that I think about it. So, but that's what happens with us is that if we're not in our word enough, the enemy's going to say, did he really say you, he was going to give you that? Or did he really, really that? And that's how our waiting gets twisted. Yeah, we allow the enemy to get in, so we gotta keep the if we keep the word flowing into us daily. Mm -hmm. When the nonsense tries to creep in, it's not even gonna have room to enter into us. And so, yeah, yeah man, that's that's that's, that's right. And there's so many benefits to reading the word of God, not not just for the empowerment and and the strength and just the other things that we get out of it, but honestly, there's some really good stories in the Bible. Like there's some really good stories. People that like drama, there's drama. Listen, plenty of it, right? Like if you if you need a a, a savior to come, I mean, there's that. You know, like there's little there's literally a story in there that can speak to any situation and anybody. So literally, like there's no excuse for not reading the Bible. You know, you don't have to read it from start to finish every day and things like that. But just just pick it up, open it. You know, God, what do you want me to see today? What do, what scripture do you want me to take in today? You know, just open the Bible. You know, some people's Bible's been sitting on the shelf or sitting on the coffee table, got all this dust all over it. Nobody's ever touched it in 5,000 years. You know, it's just been a generational heirloom yeah. in the family or something like that. <laughs> like, you know, this, like, like mom was saying, we have access in today's time. We have access to Bible and other literature that's inspired by God as well, like and and authors who are Christian, Holy Spirit filled authors and things like that. We have access in a way that we never had before. Right. Like with technology and all these things. But also, I think a lot of people don't really read the Bible for themselves because I, I hear people say, like, you know, it's it's too complicated. It's too confusing. The words are just this and that. And. That's still not an excuse, right? Because God is so good to us. He has provided for every excuse you could possibly make up of why you don't or can't read the Bible. There's an answer for it. There's literally no reason why anybody should not be able to read the Bible except your own doing. You have to accept it yourself and say, you know what? I just don't do it because I just don't. Exactly. And and you got to and you got to like you said, that was perfect. Is that you got to pray before you read that? That was a game changer to me when I started saying, listen, Holy Spirit, I need you to teach me because the only the only way that you learn anything about God is it being revealed to you. You didn't learn anything from your own wisdom or your own anything. It was the Holy Spirit revealing to you who God is. And so that's why we pray before we read and say, Holy Spirit, please, even if I don't think I got anything out of this, let me be filled anyhow. You know what I mean? Um, and you know, if, if, you know, just kind of go in a different direction for a moment, if we're not reading our Bible, we're not, it's because, is it because we don't want to spend time with Jesus? I don't read my Bible, but I'll listen to worship music. Okay. Music is, that's just another genre of music. 
You know what I mean? Not mm -hmm. that we get our worship on during Kirk Franklin songs, but that's still just a genre. So you've changed your playlist, you've changed your Apple playlist, but you haven't really changed your internal worship. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. yeah. if you're not in your word, if the word isn't enough for you, then in heaven, what do you think there is? It's the word in the flesh, but it's yeah. just the word. So if it's not enough for you here, then you think it's really going to be enough for you there? And mm -hmm. that's yeah. a different conversation of, well, then who are you really in love with? But that's, you know, that's, a, mm -hmm. yeah. that's another I mean, that's I mean, that's a good point because the word was so important to Jesus when he's getting tempted. He said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Like even he understood the the need for the word, mm -hmm. you know, and even in his ministry, he was quoting scriptures from the old because there is a necessity. It brings life mm -hmm. like it brings uh, rejuvenation. It brings like you said, it's that, it's that spring to, to eternal life. And we can worship, like you said, all day long. I listen. I love Maverick City. I love, you know, old school songs, hymns. You know, I just love it all, but that cannot replace the time that I spend in the word. Mm -hmm. And we have groomed a group of people who can worship and dance and shout with the best of them, but then they can't tell you why they saved. Yeah. Or they can't tell you that Jesus loves them after they sin. But they 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 still think that God condemns them if they mess up. Like, so we can sing with the best of them, but when it comes down to the fundamentals of our faith. We we struggle there. Mm -hmm. We struggle. Like if somebody says, "Can you lead me to Christ?" Most people can't. Or what scripture is this? Or what scripture is that? Or you know. And so we have to now begin to bring balance back to the body of Christ to say, as much as you can dance and shout and sing and raise your hand, you got to be able to know mm -hmm. the Word of God. Yeah, and I think there's like an unrealistic expectation put on people that say they're Christian because um statistics says that only four percent of people that claim christianity and claim to be a christian are actually believers because of giving their life to christ and and walking the walk of faith and things like that that's four percent and if you look at the the overall numbers there's a, over millions and millions of people that claim to be christians and so if you're looking at it from that factor right there's only four percent that means that we sometimes have an expectation for people that really don't have Christ in their heart. That's the truth. They're really not living this thing out, right? And, and that's a good number of people because that but it's only 4% actually are. And so when we're saying, you know, you should do this or you should do that, we 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 have to think kind of objectively too, like, well, how can they? Right? Because if only 4% are actually Christians because they, they're saved and they're they're walking the walk, others, the, the statistics also say that the other ones are majority saying they're Christian because they affiliate with a church in a neighborhood or oh, that's wow. the church they mama go to, their grandma wow. or somebody, or that's where they went for holiday seasons and stuff. So if you affiliate with something, you just claim and say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so then if you're out there in the news because you didn't, did something really foul and, and got arrested. And now it's like, oh my God, Christian pastor did so-and-so or, you know, Christian that, you know, cause they're always going to blast it like that. Right. Um, you, they'll, they'll put it out there in this way, but then you have to stop and think. I ask, I tell people all the time when they ask me all these questions, like, how could that person be a Christian and do this? I said, that's a valid question. But the real question is, did they have Christ in their heart? Mm. You know, do they really have Christ in their heart? And that's something we don't know. Exactly. But we know the fruit that they're bearing. And so by that, we can maybe just say that's not the way that a Christian should live according to the Bible. Exactly. That's not some things that a Christian should do according to the Bible. You know, not to not to be all judgmental because people get all weird with that stuff, you know, and all that. But at the end of the day, I think that sometimes we have expectations that are just unrealistic because. The numbers don't lie. It really speaks for itself. And the numbers, um, fruits don't, the fruit don't lie either. Like, that's yeah. it. I don't need to know a statistic to know that there ain't a lot of, you know, I shouldn't say that, but the fruit, <laughs> but the, the fruit, yeah, the fruit don't lie either. Exactly. At all. At all. You are reproducing exactly what's on the inside of you. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's why, you know, going back to that transformation thing, it's, it's the word. And, you know, we've gotten to a place where, like you said, like this, 
I don't want to say this generation, but there's a lot of folks who have supplemented the Bible with sermons and uh, and playlists. And this is going to sound crazy, but and even prayer where it's like, okay, you spent an hour in prayer. Fire. That's amazing. Now, did you get in your word? No. Okay. So then you spent an hour just telling God a whole bunch of stuff. Right. But did you give God an opportunity to tell you what he wanted to say? I'm going to say no, because he'll tell you through his word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, and again, this is obviously not a don't pray or cut your prayers short, but you know, just don't fool yourself. Mm -hmm. The world is trying to play you. Don't play yourself because Mm -hmm. you can mess around and get tired and get drained from all this Christian stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yes or going to elevation nights and then maverick city tours and chasing pastors around sacramento to listen to their sermons and before you know we done all this christian stuff but you ain't done nothing as far as reading your bible Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. you got a christian lifestyle but no christian life life Mm -hmm. yeah and that only comes from the word that only comes from the word man and you know and i'm probably gonna get in trouble for this (laughs) but because we haven't been in our word, and I will give a caveat, I believe in the prophetic. I love prophetic words. But this is why a lot of us have been bamboozled with having to pay for prophecies because we think it's a shortcut to get what God wants, to hear what God wants us for our own life. So we won't get in our word, but we'll go get in a $100 line and think that if I give this $100 and somebody tell me I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, mm-hmm. it's going to all of a sudden manifest. And let's just say the word that a person speaks of you is true. It only manifests if you're in the word. Like prophecy doesn't take the place of you getting in the word. Yeah. And so we become lazy. And so we go follow prophet so-and-so and we just go and we're like, pick me, like prophesy to me, mm-hmm. prophesy to me. And he says, oh, I need I need 12 people to give $100. And you spending your last $100, like you ain't even going to pay your rent on time. So you're getting your last $100. You getting some money, you you don't even pay your tithes, but you'll get this last hundred dollars to go give this man a hundred dollars to try to get a word because you're so hungry and thirsty that you just won't get in the word of God. Man, man, you over here, man, you you got people who are chasing altar calls. I gotta get yeah. to altar call. I want to be up front because I want the pastor to lay their hands on me and speak to me a prophetic word. And it's like that word that you're looking for is sitting on your nightstand. Yeah, that's it. That's you, it. Yeah, you have free prophecy. In your work on your nightstand, but you're over here spending gas that we can't afford, going yeah. to, to Reading, going to Folsom, going all over the place to try yeah. to get this little altar call to change your life when the transformation is sitting in your room the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I'm all for prophecy, but I, I tell people that when you get in God's word, revelation comes from God's word. Mm-hmm. So by the time the man or woman of God prophesies or speaks over your life, it should then be confirming what has already been revealed to the Lord. So it shouldn't really be new information. Like it should be like, oh, the Lord told me this. And then he sent his prophet to confirm it to me. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of revelation from man because we are not in God's word first. And then we put so much unrealistic expectation on mm-hmm. the person to prophesy and labor and this, this and that and speak life and this, this and that. It almost becomes like a gimmick, you know, like, yes. like or you, yes. it becomes like a show or, or a person feels like they got to tell you mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z, you know, like at some point we have to grow up mm-hmm. and get and off. And truth be told, like the prophets in the Old Testament and stuff, that was not a glamorous thing. No, it wasn't. That no. was, I mean, <laughs> that was, they went through a lot to carry that, to carry, to carry the burdens for God's people and and to go share Mm -hmm. and have conversations and tell nations and tell individuals and families and whatever, what God is saying. And the way they were treated was trash. You know, I mean, like a lot of them, it just, it wasn't this glamorous thing that you see today. I mean, you see really nice looking stuff today, you know, which is fine with, you know, we're in a different time and things like that. But for the people who kind of are like, we want to wear, we want to wear, we want them to prophesy. You don't know what that individual has gone through to number one, get a message to share at all, <laughs> like at all. Being God's messenger period is not the easiest thing in the world. Right. And so then when you're called to the office of a prophet or, you know, you're utilizing these various capacities, I mean, imagine 
the warfare that somebody goes through and what they're experiencing individually. And you're on the other end. Like, we just want, we just want this. We just want this. It's like Jesus with the, with the crowds that were following him. They were only following him because he was performing miracles. So we want to see this. We want to see signs and wonders. You know, it's like a magic show. This is not entertainment. This is, this is a lifestyle. This is a Christian lifestyle and it's not entertainment. And I think some people get that twisted and Vaughn and I, we know somebody, I won't, <laughs> won't name names publicly, but we do know somebody. He's a preacher and he had went and preached a revival at a church and the pastor told him, oh, that was great. That was great. You had a great word. But you know what? The people over here, they really like to be prophesied too. So if you could prophesy a little bit next time, that would be awesome. That's insane. It's, it's crazy because we have to, we have to be careful of treating prophets like psychics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The mm-hmm. world will go pay for a psychic to get their palm read. And if we're not careful, we'll bring that same intention into the church and yep. say, hey, I'm going to go pay for this word mm-hmm. to tell me my future. We got it's a, we got to be very careful. We got to mm-hmm. be very careful. And you have to pray. You, I mean, you literally have to pray even when when there is a call for like a specific offering or something like they're prophesying or whatever. And they say, we need everybody to give, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you really have to pray because if God is telling you not to sow, don't sow. Right. If God is telling you to sow, you sow. But sometimes people get caught up in the emotional aspect. They feel good. It's It feels like it's speaking to our emotions. They're crying. They're feeling, you know, something different and not really discerning or recognizing or hearing God's voice. And you can get caught up emotionally, yeah. you know, not really realizing that once I come out of, the, out of these emotions and these feelings, I still got to pay my bills tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, you know, this has been a great discussion. I know that Pastor Dennis has to get off to go uh, for his prayer call. Uh, You give a shout out to the people, how people can contact you, support your ministry. We got to have you back. Yeah, we definitely got to have you back. I would Uh, love it. I would love it, man. And I'll just be really brief just to close out uh, what you're talking about, man. I bet you those people who are chasing around prophetic words, I bet you they don't really want a prophetic word. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't lying. They don't want that real word. They don't want that real word. They're like, you whisper that? Because you all on blast right now. You know, back in the day, they tell you your business. Yeah. They tell you, son, you wasn't living right last night. Mm -hmm. You was doing some stuff you ain't had no business. You know, the prophetic back in the day was so scary that I would go to church and ask the Lord for for something I may forget because I didn't want a prophet calling me out. So I'd be like, Lord, please forgive me. (laughs) (laughs) And I wouldn't sit next to nobody that I knew was in the prophetic or I wouldn't get eye contact because I was so. Right. No, that's facts, man. That is facts. Um, But yeah, I I appreciate y'all having me. Um, We have so church in the community is the name of the ministry. Uh, so on Facebook and Instagram, it's Church in the Community. Um, and again, we're out every Saturday at 9 a.m. at Cesar Chavez Park, downtown Sacramento. We always tell them no matter rain, sleet, snow, whatever it is, we've been out there for, it's actually our two-year anniversary next nice. week. We haven't missed a Saturday yet. So uh, nice. That's yeah, awesome. you can, but I appreciate the time on the call today. Really appreciate y'all. Yeah, we, uh, yeah glad you were able you. to we make it. We appreciate you for yeah. coming. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. We, all right, well, we're going to set a schedule for you to come back. Yes. Uh, again, we're going to put a description in our uh, description box below where you can sow seed and be a resource to him and his ministry. Uh, we have Psalms and Coffee next week. It's mm-hmm. Survive Revival. We're going to have the flyers and promotion. Thanks, you guys, for all the support. And we'll, we'll see y'all we'll next see y'all week. Next Talk week. to you next week.